Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shedon Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you for the blessed ministry of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Now, let me give you a background to this. There are some people who come to church just for the fun of it. Church is pleasant to them. The music is good. The atmosphere is cool. There are friends to meet. And after church, they they like to socialize. Um, Because of these many good things in church, people like to come to church. Hallelujah. There are some other set of people who come to church just because it is odd not to come to church. It is odd not to come to church. Amen. Um, They believe that staying at home on Sunday morning is out of place. So, just to soothe their religious conscience, they want to be out of home on Sunday mornings just to be in church. So, it can be said that they went to church. Hallelujah. Amen. But that's, that's not God's will. There's another set of people who come to church just because they believe that church is a place of empowerment. Hallelujah. Church is a place of empowerment, a place where they are empowered, a place where they are changed, where they are challenged, a place where they receive seeds of destiny for transformation. You see, God wants us to come to church for the right reason. Church is a place and a body of people where you receive seeds for the next level. God always upgrades us in church. That means there's something that is deposited into you that moves you higher, that takes you ahead, that moves you further. Why? That's God's intent for the righteous man. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, The path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day. Now look up, everybody. Watch someone who is not changing levels, who is not improving in church. Such people are religious They just come to church for the wrong reasons. There's no way you can come to church for the right reasons, with the right desires in your heart, and remain the same. It's not possible. I'm just giving you a background to what I'm about to share with you. So church is a place of motivation. It's a place of upgrade. It's a place where we receive divine initiative. 
to become better, to improve, to add value to our lives. Church is a place of empowerment. When we gather together, we're empowered to live the life that we have received in Christ Jesus. To be a blessing to our environment, blessing to people around us. Church is a place of transformation. So every time we appear before the Lord gathering together unto him, we have come not to go in vain. We have come to be empowered. Remember, he says, I have not said unto the descendants of Jacob, seek him in vain. God never intended for us to seek him in vain. His intent is for us to be upgraded, renewed, strengthened, empowered, become better, so we can be a blessing to our generation. Can someone say amen to that? That's why we come to church. And you you had better be going to a good church because your destiny and how you are going to turn out in the long run is tied to the kind of church you attend. Praise the Lord. Now, what do we do in church? What do we do in church? Basically, we do three things in church. I'm still giving you a background to what I'm about to share with you. Number one, we worship in church. We have come to worship. That means we have come to bow ourselves. To worship means to bow. Bow ourselves. When I mean bow, I mean your spirit, soul, and body in obedience, in honor of God. In obedience to and in honor of God. So you see, in church, we worship. Number two, in church, we serve. You see, church is a place of service. We have come to serve one another. You see, if you're in church and you're not serving in one capacity or the other, you have not really integrated yourself into church. Church is a Christian community where one person is responsible for another and vice versa. We serve in church. For example, choir just served us with God's word through music. You see people serving, you see cameramen serving, you see some people up there serving in power and sound, you see the protocol guys serving, the pastorate serving, everybody serving in church. We have responsibilities towards one another. Number three, in church, we receive God's word. We receive God's word. That means we come to receive the word of God, the seed of God, the empowerment of God to grow, to develop, to stretch, to improve, to become better. Church is a school. When it comes to receiving God's word, Church is a school. Remember Jesus told his disciples to go make disciples of all nations. That means they are disciples making disciples of all nations unto the Lord. So church is a school where people are taught. That's the only institution in this world where people are prepared for life. 
The high institutions of learning prepare you for career. They prepare you for profession. For example, um, one university may have the faculty of um, engineering and then they reel out engineers. So they prepare you for engineering. And I I believe you know life is not all about engineering. Uh Number two, you may have another institution where you have the College of Medicine. They prepare you to become medical doctors, you know, uh, dentists and what have you. And that's good, but that life is not all about medicine. How many of us know that? Uh-huh. But as a place called church, it's a divine school where people are prepared for life. You are equipped. You are taught how to live life according to divine design such that your life is a blessing to other people. So in church... We train people. Church is a place of training. Apart from the training we receive in our different families or homes, church is the family of God where people are trained in the things of God. And how does that training happen? It happens through the word. God trains us by his word. God does not train us by punishing us. He does not train us by breaking our heads. He does not train us by taking us through hard times. He trains us through his word. Hallelujah. And whatever we go through, holding on to God's word, we learn in that process. But if you go through things without holding on to God's word, you suffer in that process. God has given us his word so that we can be trained in godliness. We can be trained in righteousness. We can be trained and become perfect, rounded, lacking nothing. We can be thorough in our understanding of life. I can tell you today that the most of the things that I have learned in life, I learned in church. That's the truth. I learned in church. You cannot see me disrespect any elderly person. Where did I learn that? I learned it in church. Yes, my parents told me, but they just instructed me not to do it not to disrespect elderly people, but they did not really tell me why. In church, I was taught, I was taught that precedence is power. Let's not say precedence is power. You know, precedence is power. You don't disrespect precedence. I was taught. I was taught how to relate my wife, how to... um, deal with people of different uh, classes, demographic classifications. Hallelujah. I was taught in church. Glory to God. See? So you see, church is important. We have spent so much money building universities, polytechnics, colleges of higher institutions or learning all over the world, several trillions of dollars. I want us to begin to think this way, that we have to put so much resources as well into building the institution called church. Why? Because it prepares people for life. Amen. I once met an elderly man, the son of the Oni that was before this present one, Shijuade, the son of um, Aderemi, all right, Baba Aderemi, and then he said something very profound. He said, I like you. So I smiled. I said, why do you like me, sir? 
He said, I like what you are doing. I said, what is it that I am doing that you like? He said, you are helping out in the training of young people. You are saving the next generation. And then I got back. I thought about it. It's a noble ministry that the Lord has given us. It's a noble thing that the Lord is doing through us. Amen. Why? Because the people that should be the heart aches and head aches of the next generation are being saved through the ark of Noah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, coming to church, yielding to the system that God has set in place, receiving God's word, you can never remain the same. You cannot marry wrong. You cannot do the things that some people are doing out there. Why? It will be odd for you to do it. Even if you attempt to do it, you will never enjoy it. Why? Because there is light on the inside of you telling you what you're doing is darkness. You've been enlightened. The people who don't have that opportunity, they enjoy what they do. They feel that's light because they're in the darkness. They don't know any different. Why? Because they've not been exposed to the light. You see, church is a school. Anyone who attends church casually is missing out on so much. It's the same you know, thing with attending, maybe you are a student on OAU campus here or, or in any university out there. And you just attend lectures casually, no notes, no nothing, all right? Your MP3 in your ears, the lecturer is talking, and then you're dancing to the rhythm of the music, all right? Hey, yeah, uh, what was that? Hey, yeah, uh, all right? Such people, such people are not serious-minded because... They feel what the lecturer is saying, it's not important. It's a casual attitude to learning. Amen. When you come to church, look at me. When you come to church, you must be hungry to grow, to learn. Church is a place of challenge. You are challenged. You are upgraded. Value is added to you. You become a better person. And you see, if you are in any church and you're not growing, you're not becoming the better person, watch it. It's either you're not serious or you're in the wrong place. Because when you receive God's word, it changes you. God's word is the seed of eternal life. Don't forget that. Three things happen in church. Number one, let's review. We worship God. It's a place where we learn to yield to the divine, the God who made us. Our source. Hallelujah. We learn to honor him. It's a place of worship. And worship is not just in singing songs. I believe you know that. Songs of praise and adoration are involved. But you see, it's not about singing songs. It's learning to yield to God consciously. Consciously. Because you know his worth. You appreciate him. Glory to God. All right? So we learn to worship God in church. Number two, service. We serve in church. We serve one another. You, we, we don't lie, follow, loofing around, doing nothing. No, we serve in church. We serve one another and then we serve the immediate community. We serve our world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ preaching to them. 
Number three, what we do in church, we receive the word of God. Now look up, in receiving God's word, you begin to see yourself the way God sees you. And that's where, when you begin to locate your ministry. You see, you cannot locate what God has called you to do until you receive the word of God. The word of God is light. It illuminates your understanding. Such that your understanding is so enlightened that you begin to see yourself the way God sees you. You do things the way God would have you do them. Church is a lighthouse. It's a place of knowledge. The knowledge of God that is productive. So, having given you the background, now let's come to the message proper. Developing the right attitude to church attendance. Developing the right attitude to church attendance. Now, having known why church, what we do in church, why did God establish the institution of church here? Why was it that we were not taken up or raptured the very moment we got saved? Why did God leave us here? Because he wanted us to become better. And he wanted the world around us to be better because of us. Amen. So your attitude to church or church attendance must be scriptural, must be biblical. Amen. Now I will share with you one of the golden attitudes you must develop in church. Amen. Number one. Enterprise. Let's only say enterprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> In church, you must develop the attitude of value of being enterprising. Now, someone says, well, are you talking business? Yes, I'm talking business, but in a spiritual way. To be enterprise, or enterprising rather, is to develop or have the initiative to make things happen from what you have. Not what you're going to get, but from what you have. To be enterprising is to be resourceful. It means to use what you have to get what you want. Many people complain about what they don't have. And in that complaining, they capture the attention of many others who don't have a lot of things. So there's a pity party. And then they begin to complain about the things they don't have. We don't have this. We don't have that. We wish we had that. We wish we had this. You don't wish any longer. If you see someone who is enterprising, people like that don't complain. They don't wish. Why? Because they are enterprising. They know how to use what they have to get what they want. They are resourceful. They know how to get to their destination from where they are. I have noticed that in church, there are a lot of people who are not enterprising. They've not developed that virtue of being enterprising. They lack the initiative 
to make progress with what they have. Now, don't forget, in church, God gives you the seeds for your destiny. Whatever you make out of what you receive in church is not God's responsibility, it's yours. The same thing with any institution of learning. Knowledge is given to you. Whatever you make out of that knowledge is yours for the taking. That is your becoming. It's not the responsibility of the institution of learning. Praise the Lord. So in church, you're empowered to become enterprising. What is it that God gives you in church? Don't forget, we give worship, we give service, but we receive God's word. Don't forget, in worship, we give. We give obedience, we give honor, we give attention, we give respect. In service, we give. But it's an aspect of church where there's receiving. Glory to God. And that aspect is receiving the word. In that aspect of receiving, you are empowered. That means everything you would need for life, everything you would need for godliness, everything you would need for career, for family life, is given to you through the word. Now, becoming enterprising with God's word entails... That you receive God's word for action. Enterprising people are not docile. They are not inactive. They are not, you know, just hibernating somewhere. While in a way the time. Enterprising people are active. They use what they have. You see, God wants all of his children to be enterprising. To be enterprising with the word simply means to be a doer of the word. That means you receive God's word for action. Not just for the telling. Not just for information. But for action. For change. For transformation. Praise the Lord. You see, give an enterprising person 5,000 naira. He's not going to complain. It's not enough. It's not enough. I wish I had 10. I wish I had 20. An enterprising person says, okay, I have 5,000 naira. All right, all right. I have 5,000 naira. Now sit down. What can you do with 5,000 naira to make a difference in your life? Where is the starting point? Enterprise. And then he begins to think. He begins to pray. He begins to ask questions. I remember there was a woman who was sharing her testimony of how she became a millionaire. She came to Lagos um, on a truck, this, um, this uh, timber truck. She could not afford the usual transportation to Lagos from Ogun State at that time. So she joined the timber truck to Lagos. She got to Lagos. She was housed in Lagos by one of her friends. And all she had at that time was money to buy two cups of beans. So she sat down, she began to think, she began to pray, what do I do with two cups of beans? And then, wisdom spoke to her. Grind the two cups of beans. Start selling moi moi. And so, she got some oil, (laughs) granite oil from his friend. And then, you know, some spices and what have you. 
And then she started selling moi moi. I'm talking about enterprise. And then she began. She sold two cups. And then she bought more. She made five cups thereafter. And then she made 10, 15 cups. And then she began to grow the business. She bought her first truck. Her first truck. For transporting money money from one place to another. And then she bought a landed property. And then she bought a daddy house. And then she became a millionaire selling moi moi from two cups. Enterprise. All right. Give someone who is not enterprising one millionaire. Give him just or give her or him or her. (laughs) Just less than two weeks. She will come back complaining. I'll finish the morning. This place is a bad place. People are not selling. People are not selling here. People are not buying. All right. People who are not enterprising always see the wrong side of life. They will always complain. Something is wrong working. They don't see the right side because they're not enterprising. Amen. Now, being enterprising with God's word is starting your success with what you have. There is nothing that is more capital than the word of God. God's word is a capital. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That means all these vast universe you see right now came out of God's word. Nothing can be more capital than that. Are you listening to me? God's word is a capital, is an empowerment, is a seed. It's just like the sperm of a man. If you look at it on the ground, it looks like it's nothing. But that's what will produce a child. It's a seed. Seeds don't always look like they are something. Seeds look like they are nothing. Seeds are always very small. So small that you can despise them. And, and that is... <laughs> the facade. Seeds put on. You see, let me tell you something. When God's word comes to you, it always looks like, is this what is going to make me a millionaire? Is this what's going to change my health, change my family? Is this what's going to bring me to a place of rest? Is this what's going to upgrade my life? The man of God said, it is well with you. A seed was sown. The man of God said from scriptures, Christ was rich, but he became poor for your sakes, that you through his poverty might become, might be rich. And then you received that, and then the devil wished past to you. The real, throw that away. Is that money? Is that going to meet your need? Amen. I said amen. If you read the parable of the sower, the enemy always comes for what? The seed. Why? Because the devil knows that the very moment the seed is sown and is watered, it becomes the harvest that you desire. So the enemy is always against the seed because he knows the power of the seed. Everything in life begins with a seed. Success is a seed, once upon a time, sown. That was sown into you. It's a seed. 
So becoming enterprising, you see, you have to be enterprising in church. That means every word that comes does not fall to the ground as far as you're concerned. You have an attitude that is different. That this word is my defining word. It's changing my situation. This message, I'm going to act on it. I'm going to live by it. It's going to change me. It's going to add value to me. Not that well, it's one of those messages in church. We just listen and then go home. An enterprising person always wants to take stock of what is God. Taking stock of his seeds. What do I have? Tap your neighbor and say, what do you have? Tap someone and say, what do you have? What do you have? In church, what you have is what you have received. Hello? What you have is what you have received. You cannot have anything that you have not received. What is it that you have received in church? What is it that God has given you? What is it that God has said to you? You have the word. What are you going to do with the word of God? How is life going to turn out with God's word that you have? What is going to be the outcome of your life with the word you've heard? Where do you go from here with this word that you have received? What is going to be the difference between you and that person who doesn't come to church, who doesn't spend time in God's presence, who doesn't spend time being around God's word? What's going to be the difference? An enterprising person says there must be a difference. I'm going to do something with what I have received. Glory to God. So you can tie to this being enterprising with God's word. It's so important. Now let me just give you two or three more points and then we'll close. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. First Timothy 4 and verse 15. Look at it. What does it say? Meditate upon these things. Give thyself holy to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Listen, God wants you to profit with his word. He wants you to profit with his word. Enterprising people are always profit motivated. They want to profit with what they have. They want to profit with what they have. Profiting with the word of God. God wants you to profit. He says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear unto all. God wants you to make profit with his word. God's word is a capital. God's word is a seed. He wants you to make something of that capital. He wants you to sow that seed and make a difference with it in your life. Anytime I listen to God's word, I ask myself, what is in this for me? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this word? Be enterprising. Because you see, enterprise or being enterprising, enterprise or being enterprising has a way of shaping our perspective to life. An enterprising person looks at a piece of dirt and says, whoo, that's money. Someone who is enterprising says, 
remove it from the compound. I don't like it. <laughs> Your perspective is shaped by this attitude. When you come to church, pastor is saying something, but you are hearing something else. Why? Because of that attitude. You came to receive God's word for action. Not for the telling, not for just, you know, information, but for action. You want to become better. You know God's word can change you and you have come to receive the word. You are enterprising. Come to church with the spirit of enterprise. Are you listening to me? It affects your hearing. It affects your perception. It affects your receiving. In every service, you must write down at least two or three things you are going to do after service. And you must write down at least two or three things that you are going to make out of what you have received. That is enterprise. Hallelujah. (laughs) Second Timothy three and verse 16. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy three and verse 16. I want us to read this scripture out loud. Everybody, please. One, two, three, let's go. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Wait. Scripture, God's word, there's profit in scripture. There's something for you, for your life, for your family, for your next level in every scripture. All scripture is given by what? The inspiration of God and is profitable. Oh God. Oh, are there profit-minded people here? Are there enterprising people here? Wave your hands, shout hallelujah. There is something in God's word for you. There is something there for you. As a wise investor, you understand that if there's nothing for you in something, you don't, you don't get involved in it. What is it in God's word for you? What is it? There is something profit, profiting, value, value. Change, transformation, next level, next level in the word. So when we come to church, we come with an enterprising attitude. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. You are, you are to profit from God's word. Teaching, you are taught, you are rounded in understanding. It will teach you for doctrine prescription for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness look at verse 17 that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works perfect that means god's word is going to make you perfect in your finances in your health in your marriage in your relationship with your children in your family in your ministry god's word is furnishing you equipping you you are saddled with grace, equipped with supernatural empowerment to become better. You are rising, you are growing, you are advancing, you are going ahead, you are making progress. By the word, 
by the word. You open your Bible, the first thing that must greet you is smile. You smile. Why? (laughs) It's another level. As you read and study, you are not going to read and say, yes, that's true. That's true. Yes, that's true. That's not being enterprising. Yes, that's true. And I'm going to make something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I said amen. The next time you see your neighborhood with the spirit of enter, you see, that's why in church, when you learn these things, you cannot become a bankrupt business person. Amen. I started real estate business with 50,000 naira in Abuja. Amen. 50,000 naira. And it, it, it grew. Because I learned this. Anytime I came to church then, don't sit down in church and just, just like this and say, okay, yes, yes. Our pastor should have quoted that scripture. He didn't even quote it well. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll quote it for him in my heart. Yes, yes. Look at you. Look at you. Some other people are making notes. They are making notes for the next level. They are ready to, you know, improve with their lives and become better. You are saying in your head, the scripture pastor did not quote. And you should quote it for him. All right? Maybe you should come and hold the mic and do it yourself. Probably the reason the mic is not in your hand is because you know it in your head. Maybe. Amen. I said amen. All scripture, that means there is no scripture that is without benefit. Hello? There is no word from God that is void of value. There is no word from God that is void of the ability to make better, the ability to improve. There is no word. (laughs) Every word from God has the ability to redefine your life and define your next level. Not only define it, move you to it, towards it, and move you into it. Now, let me challenge you as we close. What are you going to do with himself took your infirmities and bear your sicknesses? What is that to you? Is it the usual scripture we quote in church? It's one of those scriptures. Is that going to be a capital that will change your health? Is that going to be a capital that will change the health of your family? Or you're just going to look at that scripture and say, Hallelujah, it's one of those things. An enterprising person sees that as a capital. Himself took. Indeed he took. I'm going to dwell on this. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear unto all. You give yourself to that scripture. The same way, you know, an enterprising person gives himself to a business. He wakes up in the morning. He gives himself to that business. The business has him. And then he grows the business. He gives himself to it. He's conscious of it. He wants to make something out of that business. He's not just in need just to prove a point that he can do business. He came in because he saw something. He wants to make something out of that business. You are ready to make something out of God's word. It's a seed. It's a capital. It's not going to lie fallow. You're not going to let it lie fallow. You are going to make something out of it. Glory to God. You see the word. 
You have found the word. As one who has found a great spoil. You have found God's word. And you're not going to let go of that word. You're going to make something out of it. What are you going to make out of Philippians 4 and verse 6? Be anxious for nothing. I say going to be complaining. You see, anxiety is common to all. Uh, let's be frank. Let's be sincere. Who is not anxious? Who is not anxious? Mm, mm, mm. Enterprising people don't complain. They seize the opportunity. They make the most of every opportunity that comes their way. Hallelujah. You're not going to ignore Philippians 4 and verse 6 and then begin to be anxious. No, you're going to make the most of that scripture. How do you do that? I refuse to be anxious. Instead, I will pray. I will pray instead. I will pray. Are we following? Look at what the Bible says. Can we read it together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. In other words, let's go on. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Instead of, you know, become anxious or get into anxiety, you pray. You make your request known unto God. I refuse to be anxious. I have received the divine capital from God. Philippians 4 and verse 6 is my capital in in this situation. It's my seed. And see, we have to understand that in church, we are taught to practice agriculture. Every Christian is a farmer. Understand it. You, you don't just gather your seeds and say, hey, I know a lot of scriptures in my head. What have you made of those scriptures? What have you become by those scriptures? What has been handed to you by those scriptures? A wise farmer doesn't just brag on, you know, the silos of seeds and storehouse or warehouse of seeds and say, I've got them plenty. A wise farmer is thinking, how do I sow these seeds before termites visit them and finish them? Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand. Say, I'm enterprising in the name of Jesus. What are you going to do with 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep complaining that Nigeria's economy is bad? Things are not working? Do you want to escape from this country just because of the economic situation or God has told you to go somewhere else? What are you going to do with what you have received? Look at it. Can we read it together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich or might rich. Be rich. I love the first one. Amen. Praise God. That's the KJV. Be rich. 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 Amen. An enterprising person says, Jesus did not die in vain for me. I will not allow his death to be in vain. I refuse to be poor. It's a choice. 
I'm going to make something out of my life. I'll be so rich that I'll be a blessing to many people out there. I will have many NGOs and foundations to help the poor. I'm not going to join them. You see, sympathy is not joining people. It's standing in a higher place to lift them out of their predicament. Are you listening to me? He said, well, um, you, you can't say, well, you have so much compassion for widows. And then you say, well, you want to become one. Just to show that you love them. You don't say, well, I have so much compassion for, for poor people. I just want to be a poor person. Just to identify with them. No. Jesus identified with us to lift us from where we were to where he is. For him who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become what? God's righteousness in him. He did it for a purpose. To lift us from where we were to where we ought to be. Are you listening to me? If you really, really, really hate to see poor people walk in their poverty and lack, then choose to become wealthy to help them out of it. You are going to do something with that scripture. You are going to make something with, of your life that will be worthy of emulation. That will be a note of motivation for some other people. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Be enterprising. Think profit. Think increase. Think, think change. Think transformation. Think the next level. Are you listening to me? Your quiet time is not going to be just a normal thing. Quiet time, you know. You are getting God's word to move to the next level. You are changing levels. Your quiet time is a moment of transfiguration for you. Amen. You are going from one level to another level. It says we are with open face beholding us in a mirror. The glory of God. We are changed. Let's all say changed. We are changed. Changed. Transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory, even as by the Spirit of God. Every encounter with God's word for me defines my next level. I refuse to stay on the same spot. I refuse. I'm enterprising. I'm not going to complain about what I don't have. I'm going to take stock of what I have. And I'm going to trust God to teach me how to make what I have become my next level. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. What are you going to do with Galatians 3.13? Are you going to be complaining that I should have amounted to more than this? If not for the generational causes. There are too many in my generation. I don't know what they did though. They, they, those people... We get people. <laughs> what are you going to do with Galatians 3.13? Talk to me. Look at it. Can we read it together? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Go to verse 14, please. Let's read together. Everybody, one, two, three, let's go. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
What are you going to do with that? Are you going to fold your arms, cross your legs and say, Oh, I wish I was born in the U.S. This Africa is not a good place. Amen? Some people are still wishing. I am blessed. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm going to do something with that. I am blessed. Lord, as I go out, show me what to do. Your spirit is guiding me. I refuse to be poor. You instruct me to prosper. You teach my hands to prosper. Are you listening to me? You are enterprising. When they are saying, that is not working, it's a terrible place and all that, you, you, you just close your ears. Refuse to listen to that. I am blessed. I am blessed. I see solutions. I see. I see opportunities. I see the next level. I see. I see. The Holy Spirit instructs me. What are you going to do with Psalm 32 and verse 8? He said, I'm giving you capital here. Don't tell me you don't have a capital anymore. That's what is going to change your situation. That's what's going to create a favor atmosphere around you. That's what's going to minister to somebody to say, help that person. Here's another capital. Let's read it together. One, two, three, let's go. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God says that. You didn't put those words into his mouth. He said those words of his own accord, of his own will. Are you listening to me? He said those words. I will instruct thee. I will instruct thee. Oh, yes, Lord. You said you will instruct me. Now I receive instruction by the Holy Spirit within me. You show me the way. I will not be stranded. I cannot remain on the same spot. I refuse to remain on the same spot. You are instructing me. You are teaching me. I am making progress with my life through your word. Amen. Enterprise. Everything hanging around you that is not enterprising. I command them to pack their loads and go in the name of Jesus. Refuse to complain and be anxious. Refuse to attract the pity of anybody. You are a king. You are noble. You are like God. Come let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Like ourselves. Look at the next verse. Psalm 32 and verse 9. Quickly. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding whose mouth must be held with beat and bridle lest they come near unto thee. Hallelujah. I'm led by the Spirit. I am blessed. I, am, I will never be stranded Because the spirit of God is in me. Oh, my God is guiding me. He's paving the way for me. He goes before me. He makes the crooked whip straight. Yes, he smoothens the rough places. He lowers the mountains. (laughs) He raises the valley. Glory to God. Ah, the spirit of God is instructing me. I will not stoop low to lack and poverty. I refuse to take my identity from that place. I am rich. I am blessed. Jesus died to get me out of all those ugly things. And I'm out. I'm out. 
For real, I'm out. In the name of Jesus, I'm out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Enterprise, enterprise, enterprise. Amen. There was a man from orthodoxy. The church was in the dark and in the winter of life. Everything was cold. But a man found a capital in God's word. The just shall live by faith. The just. And he caused a revolution with just one scripture. And you can quote many. With just one scripture, he cast a revolution. The trust shall live by faith. And they called him and his group Protestants. Because they protested against orthodoxy. You know him. What's his name? Good. You know, you see, you know. Can you cause a revolution with one verse of scripture? That's been enterprising. Cause it. A change in your family. Believe it absolutely and outrightly. Don't believe halfly. Believe totally. Half belief can't change anything. Be absolute in your conviction. Get really, 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 really fanatical. Get obsessed with it. He says meditate upon these things and give yourself 60% to them? No! Give yourself 100% wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear unto all. So how much capital do you have? What are you going to do with scriptures? Amen. What are you going to do? Jesus heard from heaven at Jordan. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The next moment he left that place, he, he found himself in the wilderness. And the devil was turning him in the face. He said, if thou be the son of God. He wanted to steal his capital. Command the stones to become bread. But the guy would not let go. Jesus would not let go. Amen. Let me sorry, we're using the guy. But you see, I'm speaking the general language. Jesus would not let go. Amen. He held Unto his capital. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He held unto his capital. In the world of business, if your capital is gone, you're gone. In the world of enterprise with God's word, if the seed is gone, you're gone. If you lose your conviction in God's word, there's nothing left. Hallelujah. Hold on to God's word. I'm done preaching. Have you been blessed? Really? (laughs) Jump to your feet and shout, I am enterprising! Oh, come on, tell at least 20 people, I am enterprising, I am enterprising, I am enterprising. Come on, come on. I am enterprising, I am enterprising. Tell them, in the name of Jesus, I don't make complaints, I don't cry because something is happening around me that I don't like. I am enterprising. I am going to make 
something out of what I have. I'm going to make something good out of God's word. I am enterprising. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I said amen. I said amen. The next time fear comes, don't say, well, such is life. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I refuse to give in to fear. Amen. You have that capital from heaven. You must make the most of it. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm not going to waste your word anymore. I'm renewing my commitment today. My life is going to be better. I'm setting a target of the next one month. I will change level in an awesome way. People will look at me in my finances, in my marriage, in my family, in my ministry, in the way I talk, in my comportment. I am making progress. I am making progress. I am making progress. I commit to the word of God. I refuse to let go of God's word. I refuse to let go of the word of God. Oh yes, yes Lord. Let that enterprising spirit rest heavily upon everyone here. In the name of Jesus, we are enterprising with the word. We are enterprising with God's word. We use the word. We use the word. We speak it. We act upon it. We allow it to rule our thoughts life. Our thought life. We allow it to rule our thoughts. We refuse to complain. We are not going to hang around people who are complaining. We are not going to hang around murmurers. No! Rabasakatalaba. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shagul Badger Teaching Ministries on plus 234-7066-453122 or plus 234-80601-00093. Stay blessed.